Mr. Speaker, I rise today with a heavy heart. I rise today with a sense of responsibility and duty to the people who have elected me, a sense of duty to this country, a sense of duty to the Constitution of the United States of America. I rise today, Mr. Speaker, to call for the impeachment of the President of the United States of America for obstruction of justice. I do not do this for political purposes, Mr. Speaker. I do this because I believe in the great ideals that this country stands for. Liberty and justice for all. The notion that we should have government of the people, by the people, for the people. I do it because, Mr. Speaker, there is a belief in this country that no one is above the law. And that includes the President of the United States of America. You are listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast. I'm Chuck Williams. Joining me in Nebraska is Brendan Williams. Brendan, how's it going? It's going good. We made it through another week. Excellent. Yes, we did. Looks like we made it. (laughs) And joining us as usual in Arlington, Texas is the great Matthew Hodges. Matt, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm fine, man. I'm I'm glad that uh, the president touched a magical orb sometime in the past that let him rewrite the future so that he's president. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of like that share video for uh, if I could turn back time or something. You know, that's how that, that's how futuristic that orb made me feel. I heard so. the orb, when you touch it, it gives you the power to go back in time and tweet warnings to yourself. But <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't work. And also, this week, uh, in light of Memorial Day, we've got a very special guest returning to the show, Nick Glessman. Nick, man, how are you doing? I'm not too bad. How are you guys? How are you all out there? <laughs> We're doing great. We're Happy doing Memorial great. Day. Returning champion, Nick Glessman. That's right. <laughs> Happy Memorial Day. This one's for you. Well, just remember, Memorial Day is for the ones who fell. Veterans Day is for the ones who served. Good, good point here. Good point. Um, but thank you nonetheless. Absolutely, absolutely. We've got a whole host of topics to talk about tonight, um, ranging from veterans issues all the way to the extremism that is found in the uh, brightest corners of the united states all the way to virtual reality for chickens and virtual reality for chickens so just like how do i how do i get into this market i need to buy some stock in this because that's the next that's the next ibm or microsoft (laughs) oh oh yeah silicon valley you know now that their wi-fi enabled juicer went down uh maybe they've got room for chicken vr headsets yeah it's the vr it's the entertainment of the future man yeah you got to get in on the ground floor. See, what I want is just to actually plug into the VR that the chickens are getting, because that sounds kind of nice. Walk around in a field. <laughs> just just peck just, at the ground a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> pecking at the ground. Do they have VR headsets for the roosters, too? Or is it just the chickens? What it's if DLC. The, what if the rooster, what if somebody, I, I would actually be afraid of giving the roosters the VR headsets, because you know Russia would hack that and start sending... <laughs> Sending the messages that the sun's coming up at like two in the morning oh, and just like make us wrecking really tired, agriculture man. across the nation. 
I didn't think of the radicalization of chickens through virtual reality. Dude, that's a, you know, that's going to be a problem. It's an inevitability. So <laughs> we'll slaughter every rooster out there. Every technology will be used to kill you. <laughs> All right. Well, we basically spoiled the whole episode just with this little uh, VR conversation. Yeah, we did. So we better just jump into it before anything else happens. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what we're going to do. One night Farmer Brown was taking the air, locked up the barnyard with the greatest of care. Down in the hen house, something stirred when he shouted, who's there? This is what he heard. There ain't nobody here but us chickens. There ain't nobody here at all. So calm yourself. Did you guys see the chicken matrix? No. The what? What the hell is that? It's where this guy wants to put factory chickens and give them virtual reality headsets and then hook them up into Second Life so that they can just, like, think that they're just outside. But they're actually, like, But they're actually, like, in the, the virtual reality. So essentially what he wants to do is take what happened in the matrix but just do that to chickens so they're just raised from birth thinking like oh this is just i just live in this field that looks like a bad video game so would they literally just get vr headsets or would they be plugged into chairs What a horrible waste of money i'm sorry whoever came up with that is either a genius or but what if the chickens are better because they're like free range you just put them on like a 3d (laughs) like a, a, a omnidirectional treadmill or whatever and, you know, they're just living their best life. I mean, isn't so, that better than living in a factory? I mean, they're still going to that... be in pain and, like, subject to infection constantly because of the shitty conditions they live in. But maybe not because psych- it's all it's psychological, you know? See, that's the thing. I was wondering if I don't changing think... the mental state actually changes the quality of product. Only one way to find bodies. out. I mean, I for humans, maybe, but we're talking about, I mean... They just have these tiny little dinosaur brains. Have you ever have you ever really known a chicken? Those are the dumbest, meanest. <laughs> it's true. Chickens are a bad example. They should have gone with cows or something. Pigs would right. make more sense, sure. Pigs are pretty smart. But yeah, the chicken matrix. It's happening. What's funny is the the level of technological sophistication and investment to make that a reality would make chicken more expensive. Than if we actually just mandated that we raise chickens in, you know, humane environments. It's true. It's pretty ridiculous that you would look at the situation and be like, well, we do actually have a lot of, like, land. But, you know, virtual reality headsets, like, we got them cost down to, like, $49.99. I mean, we can't afford not to buy virtual reality headsets for every chicken. We should definitely – the the smart move is literally to spend – who knows how much money, right. guys? You are tricking not making money unless you're spending money. Oh my god! Tied to sword braid. Right. Well, know. and think, Matt, you don't have to have a, a headset for every chicken, because when you kill them, you get you get that back. You, know, you just put it <laughs> you on just the next use one, it. so you, you don't. Probably yeah. only need like seventy headsets. Right, and maybe they maybe they're only in it for a couple hours a day at first. You know, maybe it's not all the time. You know, it's just a little chicken vacation. That is such a tech bro answer to that that question, like how the Soylent guys realized your first that clue? people didn't like eating the same flavor uh, for every single meal, so they started inventing new flavors, and it's like, you know, the right. more they do that, the closer they just get back to reinventing food to begin with. Oh, well, they already did that. It's called Soylent. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So that Soylent I... shit, though, what the hell? I mean, why would you name something after... 
the stuff that was in the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Because it's catchy. People know. People get it. Because when guess. you think Soylent, you already know what you're getting. Right. Are we sure that they're not actually using people to make this stuff? I, I mean, I that's part of the are, mystique. Actually. It's like Red Bull. You know, they're like, does this really have, you know, bull semen in it? Like, who's to <laughs> right. say? That's right. Well, I think people were getting sick off of it. So I don't know if that's an indicator of cannibalism or not. Well, I've, I've heard it. I've heard it causes you to have farts that will clear the room. So I, I don't know if that's a that's called that's, a that's great called health. Bring it back to the chickens real quick. Can you imagine if they put the VR headsets on? You know, since in embryo, like you know, oh, yeah. in the freaking egg, the eggs have like <laughs> VR headsets. I actually want a Twitter profile that just has a VR headset on a Twitter egg. Yeah. I think or they alternatively, eggs. if we go full Matrix, where they're actually in little pods, basically what they've done is make a more expensive vat-grown meat. Right, because use the pods. Yeah, because I mean, lab-grown meat is. I mean, that's like already happening. Right. I think within our lifetimes, that will be commercially available and it might be a little bit more expensive but mm. you know you pay extra for that and you could be you know guaranteed that it's disease free you know i still want sort to of. try to insert insects into my diet a little bit more you know sure. uh try to get away from eating synthesized meat i yeah, mean I, yeah. I love meat you can get that steak. uh like cricket flour you can buy that now yeah. and buy yeah, all the like, oh yeah cricket you know, power bars pretty, and stuff pretty good and Fine and like protein. cricket right. rice and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah totally so totally although it's not as much protein as if you had a steak i mean you'd have to have a big plate of cricket rice or something to, <laughs> to equal like a burger well see something. and and look at look oh, at what we're talking that. about we're talking about slapping chickens into vr headsets and humans eating bugs when really that's that's a complete reversal of how this technology is supposed to develop <laughs> like chickens are supposed to eat bugs they love it and you know we feed them all sorts of stuff that's not bugs and uh, they're, they're trying to feed bugs to cattle now right. i mean literally trying to feed like meat cows protein i mean it's yeah, bug meat cows don't but eat still meat bugs to cows right. instead of just but, putting them on the land and putting all humans into virtual reality headsets so that they don't think about what they're eating but if we follow this you know the next the next thing in the sequence is getting virtual reality headsets for the bugs, you know, for the crickets, <laughs> <laughs> so that they've got a better quality of life yeah. before we eat them. So. Right. Who's in charge of getting the VR headsets for bugs, though? Man. <laughs> Face- Facebook. <laughs> yeah. How deep Facebook, does this rabbit yeah. hole go? It goes as deep as, as people want to take it. Do you guys remember <laughs> so. when that, that semi-truck full of Skittles crashed? No, and uh-uh. they were like, "What are you doing with all these skittles?" And they were like, "Oh, they're trash, and we feed them to cows or whatever." Oh man, that's right. <laughs> they feed them to cows or yeah. feed them to pigs. Pigs, cows, what? It's something like that. Okay, I, don't, I mean, I've heard of pigs eating that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think skittles occur naturally in nature. <laughs> I don't think cows are. Your family must not have been rich enough for the yeah. skittle tree. I guess. <laughs> Haven't you seen? You probably didn't have a tether bolt, tether ball pole either. <laughs> nope. You know. Wasn't privileged enough for that. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, that's what happens when your family does public service. Whatever. <laughs> Thanks, Mom and Dad. Right. <laughs> Instead of being upper middle class, I'm just regular middle class. No Skittles tree. <laughs> Unforgivable. This is going to be in my memoirs, and it's going to be like a bad Yelp review for you. So, <laughs> Whoa, something happened here. Um, oh, did it? What? 
No, uh, Matt, say something real quick. Yo, what's up? Hey, I'm okay, talking. I can hear you. We're doing the thing. Oh, were you losing your connection here? Yeah, I mean. Our shit is a little bit <laughs> tangled. So we've here. got a splitter. <laughs> it's splitting splitters. We, we've got two splitters on here. So we've split a splitter. Can you see that? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff wow. going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys are coming through nice and clear. It sounds good. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's all right. I think so too, as long as, as long as your wires don't touch mine, you know. So right, don't no, cross the streams. That's right. Yeah, are you still getting like Fox News AM radio when you touch Hold it? On. <laughs> shh, shh. Are you for real? Like he's I'm not getting it now. Like no, he's got a plate to. in his head. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, it was like his. He- we we were hearing it. We when we first recorded the first couple episodes, we even talked about it on like yeah. episode two or three or something. <laughs> right. And we were like, "What are you hearing? Like voices? Like what is that?" And then we just <laughs> sat there and we were real quiet. And he realized if he touched the metal part on his headphones, right? Yeah. It was stronger. <laughs> and so it was coming in, and it was. It was conservative radio one time, but I think one time it was also like a baseball game or something. Right, like it was that. just some like, AM channel that yeah. d- had like it's the Fox News, Fox News on the 15s or whatever. Right, right. Like it's the Fox News break. Here's the update. Yeah. <laughs> Donald Why Trump campaigning in Iowa again today. It's right. He promised he'd do something. It turns out he had actually probably won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> he just promised. This it has to been make Obama retroactive reporting from the future. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So we should, although that was just, did you, did any of you guys watch, uh, Aaron Sorkin's newsroom? Uh, yeah, yeah, a, a little bit, but I got, I got kind of tired of it. Yeah. I couldn't watch it either because mm. it, essentially that's what it was. He was like, what if I knew the future and I ran a newscast? It's like, yeah, that'd be, <laughs> right. it'd be, you'd be able to run a, an amazing newscast. Yeah. You'd be <laughs> number one you. in yeah, all the I think the you would ratings. become the richest man. Of all time. Uh, that, yeah. was the, that was the worst conceit of that show where it was, I'm going to go back in time like six months and do the newscasts yeah. that I wish had been on the air during that time. And he still <laughs> right. couldn't get it right. They're still like, you know, they're still covering uh, oh, like yeah. the Casey Anthony trial, even though he clearly hated any coverage of Casey Anthony. You know, like you can't <laughs> even win in your own fictional Right. Like, what if I, you know, like my time machine fantasy as I go back and I, right. I miss like the good investment opportunities because oh, yeah. I don't have the money for it. Like, whose fantasy is that? Right. But like, <laughs> oh, my God, it would have been a better show if it was like the main character has prophetic visions of the future. And that's why he's such a good newscaster. But no, they instead try to find some non mystical reason to justify how they could possibly be like getting these scoops you know what I mean? Right. That are impossible to get. And they're like, they're literally just like a background character who has no lines. It's like, oh, yeah, my cousin works at the State Department. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'll call him right now. And he's like, oh, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen like three episodes of a season of that. So I don't know what you're even talking about when it comes to uh, being able to see the future or whatever. Well, like just the, the, the structure of the show is it's like. It's a news. It's a newscast, right. and they use real news from like two years ago or whatever. Right. But they cover it in a way where it's like the real story is gonna be you. this, and I'm doing it. You know, I'm doing it the way it should have been done. Yeah. Um. Okay. But I, in order for them to justify like why their characters are so good at it, they just have to make up like insane reasons or whatever. Right. Like they it did, did the go BP off the rails pretty quickly. Yeah, mm. they did the BP oil spill or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were like, 
you know, all the other networks are leading with that, like, 11 people are injured or whatever. And he's like, fuck that. The real story is the oil leak or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I don't – people are dead, man. Like, what's wrong with you or whatever? And he's like, trust <laughs> me, my my cousin's a, a, a petroleum driller, and I know. Like, okay. Even more people are going to be dead from the oil, you know. So. <laughs> When they start eating those shrimp, so Jane Fonda was really good on that show, though she was the she was like the Rupert oh, Murdoch of the yeah, she was the, the president of the, uh, of the network of the corporation. She was cool. Nice. Is she related to Henry Fonda? Yeah, it's her daughter. Wow, Henry Fonda's from like Hastings. He's from Omaha or Grand Island. Is that right? Nothing, nothing mm. good ever came out of He's that. He's from Omaha. Let's check it. I'm Look check. it up. Check the tapes. Check Henry the Trump Fonda's tape. mother used to give Marlon Brando acting lessons. Huh. Yeah. Is that what they I'm call it? I'm glad that you finished that sentence. We used to give Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember that. So. Uh, and every time I hear Marlon Brando, I think of uh, that David Bowie song or whatever. What's like, David Bowie song? Um, China Girl. Oh, yeah. It's like, I'm feeling tragic like I'm Marlon Brando. <laughs> I'm like, was that dude always tragic? Okay. He was a sexy man, too. <laughs> oh yeah, did you see him in Twelve Angry Men? Oh yeah, dude, that that's awesome. Grand Island, Nebraska okay. is where he was born. Well, I remember because his father drove him to Omaha to w- witness that lynching of uh, oh, Jim Brown yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and it actually had an effect on him. <laughs> so, uh, which I think actually kind of showed in his character in Twelve old, Angry how Men. How old was he? I, I think wonder. he was a teenager. I thought he was still a kid. Could you imagine, like, be just being like, be like, oh, I better take my kid to the lynching so that he can learn how great right. lynchings well, are. And no, like, Grand was... Island to Omaha is Why like would you think two hours happen? or something, or an hour and a half. Yeah. It's no, like... it's like about two and a half, three hours. But it was probably longer was back then. The... Right. I think it was the opposite. I think because Henry Fonda came from a very liberal family, and he's probably just showing you. Know, oh, okay. This mm. is the wow. dark side of humanity. Hmm. That's that's hardcore, man. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Be like, I, I hate think... the death penalty, but I'm not going to like bring my kids to be like, let's go watch an execution. I don't think anybody's <laughs> ready for that. When he was about 14, his father took him to observe the lynching of a young black man accused of rape. Oh, and he attained the rank of Eagle Scout, too. High five. I hey. like how back in the day, well, I don't I don't like it. That was a bad turn of phrase. But like how back in the day, <laughs> right. they were like, hey, lynching party, y'all. Right. Bring, so, you know, what, you it was literally like a away? barbecue. Like, we'll wait. We'll wait. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah. it. We got well, rid of no them a little bit further. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, seriously. Oh, yeah. People we'll would show up that. their their picnic lunches. Right. It was like a impromptu town carnival, you know? For sure. Kids I guess I always around. just imagined that, that the lynchings were more kind of like, you know, you get a mob together and then they murder someone and not just like a deliberative thought out like, hey, let's not let's let's not get too hasty here. Let's plan it out, you know. Right. And not <laughs> Which mention, tree really is the best for this? You, you know, know this is back in the nineteen tens, nineteen twenties. It's not like they had instant communication. Somebody will have to go either telegraph that, write a letter, or <laughs> right. make a phone call. Right. Mm. I believe they sent a raven. I saw a show about it. <laughs> <laughs> Owl Post. The weekly lynching here in lovely Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, there were a couple of them, a couple of high profile right. ones back in the day. If you ever read, like, the history of Omaha on Wikipedia, that page. It's a very, very dark history. <laughs> Dude, yeah. But Omaha today is still, like, isn't it one of the most segregated cities in America? Oh, yeah. Omaha and Milwaukee are, yep. two, are the two most segregated cities. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple of years ago, there was an article about how Omaha is the most lethal place for black men, like, yeah. for black-on-black 
crime. So they had the highest uh, black murder rate, like for like three or four years running, like yeah. per capita or whatever. Yeah, dude, yeah. this place ain't ain't for the weak. Well, and you know, on on that topic, I mean, I wonder we we've had kind of a light lead in here, but there's been some heavy stuff. We we've been talking about very you know, heavy shit, yes. historical <laughs> lynchings, but we've seen some actual like real life lynchings and similar activity lately i wonder if uh, we want to take a little calls break and for then... lynching <laughs> yeah yeah this is real light stuff you know just to kind of loosen us up here for that it's real racism right. <laughs> so. wonder if we want to like take a little break here and then and yeah. come back into some stuff that's been happening more more contemporaneously for sure for sure is that <laughs> even a word that's uh it's funny that we're like kind of going taking a trip down lynching memory lane you know like (laughs) oh you remember that man henry fonda went to that lynching dude his family took him it's like what (laughs) we weren't there but maybe we were there past life well and we've we've talked before about making it a feature like you know announce a, a challenge like can these guys get from vr headsets uh, for chickens to <laughs> Henry Fonda attending lynchings in 10 minutes. Go. Well, somebody lost that bet. <laughs> bad guy bet. So uh, Chuck and I had a long conversation the other night about, uh, it wasn't meant to be a long conversation, but I was having a ridiculous fight with a guy who, he, he was kind of just asking questions about, you know, like, why, why are all of these, you know, white accomplishments denigrated constantly or why why are white people denigrated constantly you know just because of all of the genocides they've committed and like you know why aren't people more grateful for white people and all of the things that they've accomplished and it turned into just this this like crypto fascist um eventually not so crypto and just much more like fascist and white supremacist that's how they do it they get it by just saying oh i'm just asking questions i'm just trying to have an open mind Mm -hmm. but wasn't this guy's profile like the seven sins or something like that no no he had retweeted the uh what is it the seven questions and i'll I'll look that up here because that was pretty interesting yeah I mean, the the questions were things like I, I actually I'm not even gonna look it up because yeah, no. like we we've all heard this before. It's you know the seven questions like or no ah shit maybe I should look it up because it's should. not seven questions either. See, I've never we'll heard the seven like questions you can look thing. It up, but look it up. Uh, it's it's not seven questions. It's like the seven wrongs or something. It's like theft of past, theft of present or something or right cultural history. appropriation or the seven crimes like here we go yeah it's the seven crimes so theft of past theft of present denial of blood degeneracy destruction of men destruction of women destruction of children and obviously what they're talking about is they they never bring race into it in their specific arguments but they're absolutely talking about you know things only pertaining to white people specifically white straight christian people 
Um, so like theft of past oh, is where people. you say no, it's truly it. most <laughs> oppressed group in in the world. Right. Well, according to these people, that they are, you know, because Mike you know, Pence th- said that in a speech recently. Theft of past to them is um, where we talk about all of the wrongs that white people have done and none of the like great things that they've accomplished. Theft of future is a future where white hegemony doesn't exist anymore. And <laughs> oh no. You know, Right. Well, I mean, for the human right. race, that's a good thing, though. Right. Because, <laughs> right. you know, that gen- genetic diversity is what keeps us going. Right. And yet, you know, when other races are, when black people are like, hey, maybe, you know, you should date black people because, you know, just, you know, black people, you know, need love, too. Right. And people right. are like, that's racist. It's right. racist to just date your only your own race. Unless you're white, then it's the best. Yeah, yeah so the, the best is when they say, I'm not attracted to black people. Like, you're just writing off an entire race of people because you're <laughs> right. not attracted to a, right. maybe a certain individual black person you might Look, know. Look, man, if you, can't, if you can't find a person from any of the other major, you know, like racial groups that you're attracted to, you're just not trying hard enough. You know, that, yeah. that says a lot more about you than it does, does about anybody else. It's full yeah. of gay self-hate is what I'm thinking. Right. It's like Steve Harvey, though. I mean, he right. he went and ripped on, like, Asian men or something like that. And it's like, I mean, why do you care what Asian men look like to you or something? Wait, I mean, what was this about? Know. What was no. what was Steve oh, Harvey's yeah, hot take? About this. His hot take, he said, like, name one good-looking, like, Asian man or something. Like, Jet Li, done. Women don't go Uggs. for Asian dudes or something like It was something ridiculous. He's not a sexy hunk of man like Steve Harvey. Look at that <laughs> right. Muppet-looking dude. It's like, you know, Asian women go for guys that don't get the wrong Miss America contestant, you know, announced <laughs> as the winner. Yeah. So, uh, But, yeah, so I don't know. It just seems like why are you so fixated on Asian dudes and stuff? It's that insecurity, (laughs) yo. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite Steve Harvey moment is when he went on that show and he was like, atheist? Why is that? Like, why do they just want to, like, murder everybody? Like, what's wrong with them? What? It's like, what? (laughs) Yeah, dude. (laughs) What are you even talking about? Dude, he's got good fashion sense, but that's pretty much the end of the line. Yeah, Steve it's Harvey, not. You think so. he picks his own clothes? He's got like a whole team. Well, have oh, you absolutely. seen? Did, right. did you see that memo that uh, that got released like about a week <laughs> yeah. or two ago? Like how you will not address Steve Harvey. You don't look at him. You don't speak to him or anything like that. Oh shit! Oh man! Yeah. Like a writer. Like if you're like working at the hotel. Yeah, it was that? like that. Okay. And it's like that's not even just that. It's like it's at it's on his it's on the Steve Harvey show. Like assistants can't talk to him unless spoken to, or some, you can't. Wow. Contact. You can't ask him questions or anything like that. You can't knock on his door to his room like he's he's another one of those guys like Glenn Beck, where they're just uh, <laughs> like a completely empty husk that is able to like somehow switch on and be really engaging and like genial. Right. Um, you know, when they're on camera, but as soon as it goes away, they don't know how to interact with people. Yeah, they so just weird. shut down like a robot, right? right. Yeah, remote activated, you know, Steve Harvey's <laughs> masters, like, flip a switch in some bunker, and he becomes a real person there for right. a little while. I mean, isn't it more humane to just take Steve Harvey and just put him in a VR headset and just make him think that he's hosting the <laughs> dude? VR headsets for chickens, for Steve Harvey. Then Why are you he doesn't have to interact with low other intelligence people or anything. That's what I want to know. <laughs> What's great is you could probably use the same VR experience that you would use for the chickens. For oh, Steve, Steve Harvey. Harvey. I feel like that'd be a waste, though, just for Steve Harvey, because he, would, he wouldn't he would appreciate it. 
Oh, man. <laughs> or you could just like put him in a room full of AIDS and just no, tell him, man. Like, I mean, if if all he wants is uh, you know just to be completely left alone, like wandering around in a field and eating bugs is probably you know like the best thing that yeah that oh, absolutely could happen to him. <laughs> Glessman, you had even sent over this tweet about you know people while well, showing Donald Trump's past tweet ripping on Obama. Oh yeah, for um bowing in front of the saudi arabian king yeah, or like something. somehow emasculating himself or somehow yeah. emasculating oh, that was a whole huge country. conservative media thing yeah i'm like not just half black dudes just it's not even like <laughs> but yeah apparently showing respect to foreign dignities is somehow emasculating to your own country i don't get it right but then so you know trump is on his tour i don't know by the time we end this i'm sure it's over but well apparently he's like taking a nap he's he's like tapped out because he's exhausted so he's canceling appearances oh that's oh, right yeah. he did pull out maybe the exhaustion is what caused him to bow first of all it's not even about it was like hey we've got this medal we're gonna put it around your neck and everyone's like sweet and they just kind of go in and everyone's been calling it a controversy it wouldn't have been well he did curtsy at one point i mean that that was like <laughs> I heard about that there was no there was no medal that's just his being... prep school upbringing he yeah. went to manners. You like a real curtsy, like where you put like a foot in front of the other. Yeah, I was gonna say a curtsy is something a woman does, but yeah, in a skirt. So I don't. He know. did. He kind of um, like bent at the knees though at one point. This uh, this like whole body genuflection. Yeah. Did he See, lean no, forward it was like, too? He wasn't curtsying. He was doing like a Fonz. He was like, "Hey, like that. Like, <laughs> okay, you guys yeah. just totally misunderstood the whole right. thing." Yeah. He was going for the, a different vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean, Sean Hannity uh, made that argument, diplomacy. actually. No, and it, of course I'm joking, but, I mean, if if Obama had made the same body motion that Trump made, everybody would have just, you know, Fox News and InfoWars and the entire, like, right-wing blogosphere never would have let it go. We'd, we'd still be hearing about it, like, ten right. years later. To say <laughs> nothing of, like, putting his hand on some pink glowing orb of power like fucking Saruman um, <laughs> right. you know standing right. there with the the Saudi king and the president of Egypt right they freaked out when Obama used Dijon mustard <laughs> Dijon <laughs> mustard but this man eats a well or done steak with ketchup what's up with arugula or whatever. <laughs> right um, but yeah the orb the orb was was absolutely incredible I was just gonna say you know if if we have to exist inside of some kind of like post-apocalyptic like fiction rather than living inside of like 1984 I'd rather live in welcome to Night Vale which is totally what that pink glowing orb thing was okay. they just worship an orb right I thought it was like that thing they used to sell at Radio Shack where you know, you touch it and... Oh, the Tesla ball, sure. Yeah, so... <laughs> but no, I mean, I guess what we were th saying is this is just one example in a list of many where all it really was was opposition to Obama for being person of color, it seems like. I mean, sure. there's no... Uh, because literally every piece of content to what they were being critical of they've done that or done worse yeah trump has done exactly the same thing as obama has done in his first 100 days right right so literally what else could it be like this vehement opposition <laughs> over literally nothing i mean they'll say that it's be you know I, I, they wouldn't say this but you know i think a at least a fieldable argument could be that well, it's because he's a Democrat, and like when Democrats do it, it's bad, and when Republicans do it, it's good. Except, right. you know, it's not like Bill Clinton got the same 
level of hatred, the same level of like criticism for just these kind of normal things or even the abnormal things that the United States head of state does, you know? So yeah, I mean the, like the one denominator that doesn't cancel out is Obama's race. He had the audacity of being a black man. How dare he? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's 2017. He should have known better by now. <laughs> the audacity of nope. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before the break, we were talking about like lynchings and stuff, and and, and really topic. like not trying to not trying to like right. make light of the of the situation at all. Sure. I mean, going going a little serious, you know. We had this. Uh, graduate from ROTC out in Maryland, uh, Richard Collins, who got killed by, you know, a white supremacist. And I mean, Chuck, you and I did like a special episode uh, the last time one of these, you know, high profile killings of a black man by like a radicalized white supremacist had happened. And now it's happening again. Yeah, it, it keeps happening. And in this particular situation, it's really bizarre. I mean, it was a stabbing on the campus of the University of Maryland. So, I mean, even when colleges are sometimes maybe not in the best part of town or in the best town, I mean, the campus itself is usually pretty safe. And this guy goes up to the ROTC guy and says, you need to move to the left if you know what's good for you. Or something to that effect and the guy refused and he got stabbed in the chest so uh, jesus yeah so the person that did it it turns out is a member of like a facebook group called like alt reich like, of alt, course alt- of Reich-ish. course he's he's a member of some like online you know mostly occupied by like 18 to 25 year old kekistanis uh who right. who <laughs> like self-radicalized to like actual you know white supremacy and and violent acts you know and that's what it boils down to too is well the first defense to it's oh we're just doing it for for fun it's just for yeah. laughs for shits and giggles it's well the memes, no man we're just doing some this is the memes. this right. is the first step in recruitment of bringing somebody in is look we're just making mm-hmm. jokes here and then you kind of just right. gradually bring them further into the fold by saying you know well, if you look deeper and you do more research on the topic, you'll f- find out that white people are superior or some right. bullshit like that. And people don't want to acknowledge that this is a trend because it's the same thing that happened with Elliot Roger with like MRA and Red Pill forums. It's the same the thing that happened with yeah. Dylan Roof with, uh, you know, Stormfront and I don't know, like Arcoon Town on Reddit. Uh, it's the same thing that happened with these guys uh, in Kansas, uh, out in Garden City, who were going to blow up the apartment complex that had a bunch of Somali refugees oh, in yeah. it. Right, and, and it's the same as ISIS, too. I mean, that's the exact same way that ISIS radicalizes and recruits yeah. They go for online. these young, impressionable kids that are angry about something. They don't know what they're angry about. They just know they're angry, and they just feed them. They feed them yep. all the stuff. And that's the argument I was trying to make with that uh, link I posted last night in the chat. Like, how come Reddit doesn't, doesn't take care of this shit? How come they don't shut these subreddits down? Mm-hmm. You can't give me this freedom of speech bullshit because that's not freedom of speech. That's pure hate speech. Right. And it yeah. radicalizes and it just brings it brings more of these nut jobs on and gives them more of a platform to spread their shit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Which is why you have, you know, some pretty strong voices on, on Twitter and at uh, some of these rallies saying that, like, enough with this, you know, like, so much for the tolerant left bullshit, like... You can't platform these people. You you can't because the the eventual but inevitable 
outcome of the speech that they're spreading is violence. Right. And the thing that's annoying is the fact that we we live in a culture where you immediately have to dig into the past of the victim to determine whether this person was no angel, quote unquote, you know. Right. Did he deserve it? Did he have it coming? Exactly. Going back to Trayvon Martin and and all that. You're talking about the Baltimore Sun piece now? Yeah, the Baltimore Sun put out that tweet. Why don't you go? Do you have that tweet? Well, yeah, I've got it pulled up. Uh, The Baltimore Sun. Okay, and and I'll acknowledge that this was a follow-up to another tweet that was, it was just quotes from the article they've written. You know, he was the definition of a leader is the first one, but the second one is, he was not a thug. Describing Richard Collins. Thug is a thug is a new dog whistle too to describe the black. Not a terribly new dog whistle. Well, let me let me let me rephrase that. It's a it's a way it's a way to you know if somebody says the word thug in a manner of oh that guy was a thug you know you're you're dealing with yeah it's a substitute for for the other word right it's a code word they might as well just say like he's a he's a gangbanger or whatever right yeah it's how it's how racist grandpa doesn't get kicked out of thanksgiving dinner like as long as he's saying thug and not like a hard r um then you know people are just going to kind of roll their eyes third well and you know i mean it, it kind of goes a to the point that i mean a black guy that's literally not wearing a uniform is wearing the black guy uniform and so you know yeah. that means he might he most likely is not up to up to any good but it also really kind of goes to show that this type of hate this type of bigotry it's not nec- it's not rooted in conservatism these people don't give a shit about like well what's their are they pro-life i mean obviously they don't care about that kind of thing they don't care about uh you know whether whether richard collins was in favor of uh like charter schools right you know they don't care if he was a troop that they needed to be supporting or anything (laughs) like that yeah memorial day around the corner It, it none of that stuff matters it's sheerly the uniform and that's the uniform of a black dude so right well, and we've been talking about, you know, like radicalization of, of young people, but, you know, I, I think we got to talk about, you know, the rhetoric that comes out of the Republican Party itself. There was this other um, Facebook post from uh, Carl Oliver, um, a state a state rep from Mississippi. Basically, he, he said that anybody who's trying to tear down Confederate memorials is just as bad as a Nazi and deserve to be lynched, like in all caps uses the word lynched in this Facebook post. I don't want to say that that's rooted in the party, though. Like, I'm sure maybe... I mean, we all know that Mississippi has a stellar track record for civil rights. Right. (laughs) No, I get it. I get that. I also feel like it's also, it's kind of more, you know, maybe I'm off base by saying this, but maybe it's more of a, it's more of an in vogue term down there, I suppose, for lack of a better... Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's just a word that maybe gets thrown at more often. What, lynching? Yeah. Yeah. Somehow, I mean, for some reason, it's probably just Probably historically true. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> right. Like I'm saying, uh, it's not, I'm not saying it's something I go around and say, oh, we're going to, you know, lynch this, lynch that, or whatever. <laughs> maybe there's a lot of people with a lot, surname of Lynch down there. Who knows? <laughs> Dorothy Lynch. When, uh, when, when, when men's rights activists from... Mississippi talk about uh, divorce court. They use divorce lynching, not divorce rape, like all the other ones do. <laughs> yeah, dude. What about David Lynch? I mean, make some good movies. <laughs> For some reason, I don't think that a lot of these conservatives are huge David Lynch fans. 
right. That's what he was talking about. He was like, it's just going to be confusing like a David <laughs> Lynch movie. I don't know why he, I was He was just misquoted. Come on now. He was talking about the new Twin Peaks coming out. He's yeah. really excited. Tearing, tearing down these memorials creates this super convoluted narrative. People aren't going to be able to figure like it, it, we're yeah. going to have to go to the internet and figure out, you know, people are going to write essays about the different symbology. And... <laughs> right, right. That's all he meant. Come on now. Quit giving <laughs> the guys such a hard time. Well, you know, yeah, heritage over hate until you've removed my statue, in which I will hate you. But... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems real casual the way, well, and that guy, Al Green, when he was uh, motioning to impeach Trump in Congress, he was, res- people were talking about lynching him, like leaving voice right. messages about lynching and using the N-word and all of that. So That's right. We actually have a little clip of that we're going to play. That's, yeah. They know it's still, it still has that power behind it. It's still that that powerful word they can use in a way it almost feels like if trump were to be impeached that it would feel more closer to open season like i wasn't necessarily afraid when trump got elected but i'd be a little bit uneasy when trump got i bet before this whole thing is over trump is gonna tweet out like this is a lynching folks oh dude seriously oh yeah nobody has yeah. been lynched worse than me. <laughs> it is completely <laughs> oblivious. And I could say that with great surety. You know, and that's dope. that's the thing though, like if you had any doubts that a lot of the you know, the Trump oriented animus has a racial component to it or maybe is largely driven by race, all you have to do is look at the different language that they use when they freak out about something. You know, if if it's a white guy who does it, I mean I think the worst thing that they can call him is a cuck. Uh, if if it's a black guy doing it, like you know, the gloves come off, like they're going straight yeah. 1800s on that. And that's why it's so funny whenever you hear white people say, "Oh, I don't care if somebody calls me a honky or a cracker or some stupid thing like that." I was like, right? No shits, because you never had those used words against you in a position and put you in a position where it's right. meant to completely demean demean you and keep you right. If you were down. surrounded by like a city that was like 99 percent black people and you were the only white person, and they yeah. said that to you constantly in a threatening way like right you know and it happened to be a right. phrase that used to be used while they were actually lynching people that looked like you yeah, <laughs> right and then, then that would seem like yep this is all the threat i need right now so yeah i mean louis, louis ck has a great bit about this where he talks about being called a cracker and it's like oh man like he insulted me by implying that i used to be completely on top of society and super rich like oh right. really ruined my day <laughs> yeah you're not going to sit up late at night thinking about that. Yeah, so. it's not something you're going to be worried if you know, find find a letter or something in your mailbox that has the word cuck written on Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone burning a, a C or something in your yard. Uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's just felt like it's been uh, pretty in your face this whole kind of weak about race and everything so. it's been right. like that since last november basically yeah kind of for sure well and, but then and, again, and it's to, just gotten worse to bring it around i mean something that's it's not really a positive story but it's kind of a positive story about this you know like young white neo-nazi yes. who converted to islam right how is that not a title from the onion i don't get that right, right. this might be fake news this has a tinge of the fake news to it all right, so the story as reported is young white neo-Nazi converts to Islam, and then when his roommates, who are also neo-Nazis, unsurprisingly aren't impressed with that right. uh, lifestyle change, he kills them. You know, it, at a certain point, also, you got to wonder with this guy, like, 
he was just kind of looking for any reason to be radicalized, right? <laughs> right. It was a, it, it was an Islamic frame. Yeah, job. they're just they're looking for some some hole to fill, and they right. fill it with that. He was a neo-Nazi, and he was like, "I want to murder a bunch of people, but I don't want to make neo-Nazis look bad. Those are my bros. Like, right. who can I make look bad Guard, instead?" Oh, so it's a he's a double agent for neo-Nazis. I see what he's, <laughs> he's a clever well, actually. One. Nick, let me ask you a question if you're comfortable answering it. Um, sure. You served. You you served in the Middle East. And how much did that influence, how much did that experience influence, uh, like, the guys that you served with when it came to um, racism and, you know, a fear of, like, multiculturalism? Yeah. And it's it's kind of hard to describe because, I mean, you look at it from the point we're all together and we're all serving the same fight. We're all in the one fight or whatever. And it's, you know, it's always, oh, race doesn't matter. We're all the same. Well, I mean, it still does because they still use terms like you're one of the good ones or they're okay. You can trust these guys. But right. And even you have some of the kind of the guys who are filled with self-hate about it, too. Or like, well, I I did it to get away from that from that life or whatever, which, I mean, good on them for wanting to get out of there and do something more but it's it's still very much i mean it's the military it's a class society always yeah follow up to that though is there is a phenomenon of white nationalists joining the military to get training to go back to their little groups and stuff right yeah did you ever feel like there were guys in the military maybe not necessarily around you but that you're like okay you're here, and you, I mean, you're just yeah. casually dropping some language that seems a little bit weird or inappropriate. Not, th- I never saw anything like that. I never noticed anything like that. Um, they never. Well, and actually, I, I wonder, I mean, do you feel like the military might have a moderating influence on people who join up for that kind of a reason, not the uh, financial reason or the, the like serving the country reason? I think it's definitely you have to you have to be willing to be a moderate or willing to change because I was I talked about this the other day saying that you know before I joined the military I was very I could see myself easily going down the white nat or not white nationalist but the conservative Republican Trump can do no wrong type right but after joining the military and going through and doing the things that I did I come back and I realize well I'm glad I did that because I do not I and even just like. I th- I'm thinking about it now, like the first few maybe years after I got out, I was still pretty uncomfortable around Arabs and the Middle Eastern people and, uh, you know, followers of Islam. I still use, I use slurs a little bit, Durkas and, um, I can't remember the other one, uh, Hajis, Hajis was the one. Okay. And now I look back, it's like, oh God, I can't believe I used to say stuff like that. Yeah. But it's also kind of a product of the environment at the time. It's kind of hard to... Sure to shake it but you you're everyone's everyone can change it's just a matter of how much you want to change yourself you can't sit there and say that oh i can't be changed or i refuse to change or something like that but well and it's probably the people who think you know i can't be changed who don't notice that they are being changed you know somebody who has you know racial anxiety or or whatever um you know who then joins internet communities uh who feels like you know, you always feel like yourself, uh, yeah. no matter what's going on in your mind. So, you know, they may not notice, you know, how extreme their views are getting as they, you know, sit in these hateful echo chambers that are just reinforcing views that they already had or playing on fears that they have in more, what am I trying to say, in, in ways that are more articulate or they're, you know, sitting around in these 
internet communities that are playing on, you know, maybe fears that they already had uh, in more articulate ways or just amplifying the fears that they they already had and the and the views that they already had so like you don't know i don't think the process of radicalization is one that most people undertake knowingly i think yeah, that's most happening people, you at don't, a subconscious you don't realize level. you're being you're being radicalized that's kind of that's kind of the whole point is to bring you ever so slowly into it because you just can't come out and say you know kill all black people or something like that immediately right. it's like you show mm-hmm. them you know, made up crime statistics say, well, if you look at this, it shows that black people are more violent than white people. Right. And stuff like that. You get or out of, out of context statistics, like, exactly. uh, I don't know, educational achievement or something. And then you right. tell them it's because of race. It's not because of, you know, and historical and uh, like socioeconomic factors. And they, they love the IQ. They love the IQ argument. Sure. Saying that. Yeah. The bell curve and all that shit. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Well, this particular story seems like a situation where that backfired then because this guy you would assume is in a lot of white nationalists or neo-Nazi websites or chat rooms and forums and probably making fun of Islam and stuff. And what he just kind of got curious and started looking <laughs> at it. it was like, you know, this ain't that bad. Right. Yeah, you know? I mean, and, yeah. Right. If you're already into Christianity and you start researching Islam, you're like – Oh, this is kind of actually like Christianity, except like they take it like very seriously. I mean, they um, sure. Hitler spoke positively of Islam, right. which was crazy. Yeah. So, well, positive is kind of a strong word, well, but I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> right. Were you? Someone had showed had sent that quote where he was saying that you know Germany would have been better off if that was the language. Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. Uh, huh. Which. Is kind of mind blowing. Well, not mind blowing, but extremism is extremism. I think it's because they look at it from the discipline factor of oh, of, yeah. of Islam. Oh yeah, the dudes like actually right. read the Bible and memorize it. I would say most Christians have never read the Bible all the way through. Not most, almost all. I would say most. All. I would say like yeah. at least most uh, most American evangelical Christians have not read I mean, the Bible all the way through. I've looked at the Cliff Notes. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna <laughs> right. lie, you know. So. I mean, I've read the book through, and I don't know how you could read through the entire book, call it your book of religion, and reflect some of the views of like evangelical Protestant Christianity. It's just, it's just not a great read. It's very disjointed. There's just well, no I don't know. Line. There's some great pieces <laughs> right. in there. I mean, some some really great philosophy. There's some really great um, pornography. Uh, like Song of Solomon is just one big erotic, <laughs> you know, piece of erotic literature. And there is um, a lot of death and killing. <laughs> <laughs> not for the sex. <laughs> yeah. It's got something for everyone. I mean, even the uh, well, and and the reason you know they haven't read it is because they don't. You know, if you read the Jefferson Bible, and I'm not saying, like, the Jefferson Bible is the right Bible, just it's the version of the Bible that's got all the miracles cut out of the New Testament, and it's mm. just the social teachings, you know? What and about you would the think Jefferson that... Airplane Bible? <laughs> I want to uh, hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> September that is happen. now a holy month for liquid flannel. Right. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying something important there, the Jefferson Bible. Oh, shit, was that Earth, Wind, and Fire? I think I just messed that joke up. Oh, you wrote... Oh, oh man, that was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh. Funkadelic implosion. That's right. Hey, nobody nobody caught it until I, I said something. I could have gotten away with that one. Uh, we I wouldn't have said anything. I would just rolled with it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. What the hell was I saying? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> the Jefferson Bible. <laughs> the Jefferson Bible is just... 
you know, Thomas Jefferson's version of the Bible where he cut out all of the parts of the New Testament that had anything to do with uh, anything supernatural and just left all the social teachings. For some reason, I imagine that his version of the Bible also didn't make too much mention of slavery, uh, but that's that's a separate point. Probably because the slave was writing the Bible for him. <laughs> <laughs> Actually doing like the cutting and the gluing. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, make sure you put the slavery part in there. He's like, uh-huh, yeah, no, yep. I got it. No, that part for sure. <laughs> Big fan. But, I mean, the reason that you know that a bunch of these evangelical Protestant or, you know, the like the Southern Baptist Convention and uh, haven't actually read the Bible or really internalized it is because, I mean, the New Testament, at least the parts where the star of the show is actually there, are all about helping out the sick, giving up your riches. I mean, it's this incredibly, like, socialist message. And, you know, on whoa, the other whoa, hand, you've got, like... Jesus is a socialist now? Oh, absolutely. That. A socialist Jew. Right. Hashtag Bernie Sanders. Right. Possibly, you, you remember possibly how, a black socialist Jew. Yeah. How Jesus' message was always like, and, you know, the first rule is maximize profits. Seriously. You know, that, right. <laughs> that was what you know. he was always talking about. Not like, like help the needy, do not the sick, the hungry. Idols, however, <laughs> you can... Give your money to them? You right. No, you can pray to um, to shareholders. Right. To American <laughs> Idol. You know, this, I mean. this summer on Fox. Dude, false Well, America isn't bad. a false idol, Brendan. It is the idol of the entire world, and everyone wants to be like us. Except for the ones who hate us because we're so awesome. Right. So like Pure 90% of the world? I don't want <laughs> false prophets or net losses. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I want all profit. Just kidding. That might have been our, our This Week in Jesus. Actually. Wow. Yeah. That should be our high note. <laughs> no. uh, this Week in Jesus. Yeah. That's our new segment. We we should get a bump for that. Like some, <laughs> some angelic tones or something to lead us all right. in. I'll see, I'll see I don't know I that do. we've included our this week of Jesus segments in any previous What's that? <laughs> episodes. Well, we've never. We've never oh no, we just name, happened to we just do it. Gravitated. Right. <laughs> All roads lead to Jesus, guys. Should we take a little break and then? Uh... Yes. Yeah, let's get this back on track. I don't know what we're gonna do with this episode. It's all over the place. Hey, Al Green, we got an impeachment for you. It's gonna be yours. In fact, we even give you a short trial before we hang your nigger ass. Please have a wonderful day after you called for the impeachment of our wonderful, loving United States president. You're so disgusting. God, you are so disgusting. Um, did you hear that Seth Rich was gunned down last year after he released 44,000 emails to WikiLeaks? Yeah, it wasn't the Russians. Yeah. It was Seth Rich, the head of the IT department of the DNC, and they whacked him. Yeah, now we know that. So this little fake, he released classified information to the Russians. Oh, the Russians just said, oh, Putin just said, oh, we'll give you the transcripts. Oh, that's fake. Everything's fake. Okay? You're scum. You're pathetic. And good luck with your impeachment. Pathetic. You ain't gonna impeach nobody, you fucking nigger. Try it, and we'll lynch all you fucking niggers. You'll be hanging from a tree. I didn't see anybody calling for the impeachment of your nigger Obama when he was born in Kenya. He's not even an American. So fuck you, nigger. Pull the switch. Ever since you walked into this room, you've been acting like a self-appointed public avenger.
You want to see this boy die because you personally want it, not because of the facts. You're a sadist. You don't really mean you'll kill me, do you? So, man, this last two weeks has been some of the most insane news breaking every day. Probably some of the most intense two weeks in my lifetime in, in newsworthiness. Oh, yeah. Because it's not just one thing that was huge. It was just like every day is just like something new and something crazy. And they said early on in the Trump presidency that this is what Russia tries to do, where you just overwhelm people with news to the point that they burn out. Except I don't think they're doing it intentionally. I think this is just happening because they're completely incompetent. It's all organic. Right. Well, and it's not overwhelming you with just an inanity of just story after story after story. They just keep one-upping it, right? So it just makes it instead super compelling because you're like, (laughs) it just gets better and better and better. So I'm going to hit this timeline because I was looking at it and it's just unbelievable. So Tuesday, May 9th, Trump fires FBI Director James Comey. Right. That feels like it was six months ago. (laughs) It was like two right. weeks ago that felt sketchy enough at the time <laughs> right so then the day after he meets with russian foreign minister and russian ambassador in the oval office when he divulged to them secret israeli intelligence information that he wasn't supposed to tell them but we didn't even know that yet that happened right. that day but we didn't even know that yet we just knew like he had a really sketchy looking meeting and also, they let in a Russian news photographer, but no U.S. press. Right. <laughs> and then the day after that, he does an interview with Lester Holt on NBC where he admits, oh, I fired Comey because Russia is Trump and Russia's made-up story. It's fake news. That's why I had to fire Comey. It's like, whoa. <laughs> right. Um, then he threatens Comey and says, you, he better hope there's no tapes of our conversations, which, why would you even talk about tapes? Right. Then he, he hits. To Nixon. He takes a weekend off, <laughs> plays some golf, and then the news breaks that he leaked top secret information on Monday. Then on Tuesday, he tweeted he had the absolute right to share that information with Russians, even though all his administration spent all yesterday saying like he didn't do that. That's <laughs> that's false. Yep. He's like, no, I did it. I did it, and I loved it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want to see these people four years after, like, this is all said and done, how much they've aged. Yeah. You age pretty fast in jail. It's like, (laughs) that's what I hear. Seriously. So, yeah, it's just like, it just keeps going. And then, so, then they appoint a special prosecutor uh, to investigate Russia. Whom he immediately starts attacking on Twitter. Of course, the witch hunt. This is the greatest political witch hunt of all time. Trump loves Twitter. And, you know, then he went to Saudi Arabia and he grabbed the magic orb. He danced with a <laughs> floppy sword. Right. <laughs> he went to Israel just today and then was like, hey, guys, I know the press conference is over and you're all trying to leave, but I got something really important I need to say. I never said Israel when I gave away the secret <laughs> intelligence. I never yeah. said Israel. And they're like, "That's thank you. That'll be enough. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we don't need that. Well, I mean, and he Benjamin started. Benjamin Netanyahu's sitting there, standing next to him with this look on his face, like, like he just, he just wants to love. He started his comments with, I just got here from the Middle East. So, I mean, we knew it was going <laughs> right. to be a shit show. <laughs> so glad. <laughs> like, aren't you to be back in, white people in the Middle East? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Not the real Middle East, Israel. Yeah. 
the birthplace right. of Jesus, Tel Where Aviv. He went to <laughs> he went to the Western Wall or whatever, which is like part of the Temple of Jerusalem, and none of the Israeli officials came with him because his administration had had a, a notable gaffe where they had said like, "Oh yeah, the Western Wall in the West Bank," and Israel's like, Mm-mm, uh, "No, I don't think it is." And then they, so they asked Sean Spicer to clarify, and he was like, "Well, it is in Jerusalem." I'll tell That's you that. good enough. <laughs> but they're like, you know, showing a really depth of understanding about the territorial disputes, you right. know, of this area, really, mm-hmm. where they're like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Like, why are they so upset about this wall? This whole thing makes no sense. Right. <laughs> I love how sports announcers, whenever they see like a big play happening, they always say, you can't write something like this. Well, you cannot write something like this. This is actually happening in real life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is a soap opera come to life. I just can't wait to see how the uh, how the alt right and all the Pepe's respond to this picture of uh, Trump praying at the Wailing Wall um, with a yarmulke on. <laughs> I love how when he went to Saudi Arabia, everyone threw this whole big thing about like, is Melania gonna wear a headscarf? Because that's what they want you to do. Even though like Michelle Obama didn't, Laura Bush didn't do it. Right. Of course, well, Michelle Obama got absolutely slammed. I mean, Trump himself tweeted about what a big problem it was that Michelle Obama didn't wear a headscarf when she went to Saudi Arabia. Well, and it's just ridiculous that they conflate this thing to be like, oh my God, what a huge deal. You know, what a sign of disrespect. You know, you're not standing up for American values if you do it. But he has absolutely no problem just being like, oh, I'll go to the Whalen Wall and put on a yarmulke or whatever. Like, that's fine. Right. It's like that's literally doing the exact same thing. You're putting on a religious hat. Yeah. It's exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, the nation of Kekistan was deeply offended by this movement, and so oh, will sure. they recover? Yeah. The oh, except they're not. That's the thing. Like you would, you would expect them to be, but their whole mo it's not. It's not about being right. It's not about being consistent. It's about pissing other people off. Yeah, it's so about putting others down. As soon as something pisses off people, I mean, especially the, and we're guilty of it too. The whole like, have you no shame, sir? crowd you know they're just going to switch positions immediately and say like no it's better it's better that this happened not worse right well and i think that speaks a lot to the political philosophy of trumpism in order for trump to be victorious he doesn't have to accomplish anything as long as he makes liberals mad yeah. that's a victory right yeah. and he's doing that in spades right so if right. that's your measure of trump's success you're able to say oh he's wildly successful right. i look at all the liberals and they're freaking out Right. about all the horrible things he's doing so that's a win doesn't matter yeah. how horrible it is even if it's horrible for me i don't care as a trump fan i'll gladly get crapped on right. more if everyone else has to smell the crap that someone right. took on my face right <laughs> and and in a way trumpism is also a you know a natural extension of obamaism where you know he ran so successfully on a message of you know changing the status quo and didn't really deliver. I mean, we got some slow, progressive, sort of um, like half solutions to some problems. And there are these compromise policies like, oh, this is the best we can do right now. Trump also offered a palpable change. And he's definitely bringing it about. Uh, he's not, though. He's not. Well, <laughs> Almost I mean, all I, of his policies have failed horribly. When you said been to do shot the one down. thing I mean, that you ran. I guess he's sort of trying i guess he was gonna overturn obamacare he's gonna get rid of obamacare and he failed he's not changing things in the ways that 
are actually going to affect people's lives. In fact, well, I mean, he he is in some ways, <laughs> yeah, like rolling is. back rolling back financial regulations, for instance. But that's not the kind of thing that anybody sees ground level. What they see ground level is, you know, he's changing things by like making white people great again, and Finally. all of a sudden, like you're back on God, top of I'm the so world. I'm so sick of it. All these minorities trying to trying to take away my God given right to be above them. That's right. <laughs> I'm just saying that we can't forget that there were a whole bunch of people who voted for Obama, possibly twice, who then also voted for Trump. There's a want, there's a desire for palpable change in the way the country is being run, and he offers that, sadly. I mean, it's terrible. What change, though, does he change. really offer? I don't think they fucking care. That's my whole point, and that's right. that's how, like, Kekistan figures into it. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Right. They don't want consistency in governance. They certainly don't want any of this... Aaron Sorkin style, you know, respect for the institutions of democracy. They just want to shake things up. I'm not saying they're right. Do you think it's sustainable to continually be just running as like, I'm going to change. I'm the candidate for change, 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 change. And just whoever is doing, saying the most about change wins, but then doesn't change things. Like at some point that message can't work anymore. Like I think Hillary Clinton was betting on that. And she was like, change, how about small, incremental, you right. know, boring <clears throat> status quo? Yeah, yeah. You she know, and she was like, that. after all this change nonsense that people realize it didn't work, it's just empty rhetoric. I'm going to come at him with the realism of slow, incremental, yeah. governmental, grind it every day just a little bit more. Where right. Sanders was coming out pretty much saying that we need a revolution. Clinton was coming out saying, well, we're going to continue what we're doing. Right. We're going to make sure we do it in a small yet consistent basis but i think the difference is like sometimes you would get to bernie sanders questions and say you know hey bernie sanders like you want to do medicare for all but like how would you really get that done like how would you get that through a republican congress well the people will rise up and demand it i mean maybe but yeah i mean hillary clinton was like i have a 15 step plan (laughs) you go to this senate subcommittee and blah 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 blah. it's like she wasn't promising the world the meager nothing that she was promising I felt like, oh, no, she knows that she can get that done, and that's why she's promising it. But Mm -hmm. if that message of realism doesn't work and a message of false hope does, where does that leave our political system? It's completely ruinous. Trump can't even get a hotline set up, so, you know, I don't know. (laughs) He can't do the least amount of work to get something done. As with all the news every week, Trump is just kind of the, the sinkhole. But the sinkhole this week actually came to Trump. Literally, a sinkhole opens outside Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida. So Yeah, giant metaphor <laughs> opens in ground. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> a four-foot-by-four-foot four hole in front of the golf club appears to be near a new water main on Southern Boulevard, the alert said. So nice yeah what would you say about that chuck it was big enough to cause a uh, pre-existing condition. oh yeah absolutely <laughs> so, yeah i mean we, we're thinking yeah, that's not a real big right. one and as we pulled the image up we said ah, that's big enough to cause pre-existing right. conditions so i do i do <laughs> love know. that this sinkhole opened up on a road that trump probably uses like every week and yet they didn't know that it was happening until a four foot by four foot 
hole dropped out of this road. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. like that's uh, top notch. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong right, though. I think right sink there. sinkholes happen almost like you can't really predict them. I mean, you can you can kind of tell that a place right. is prone to them, but like you don't really know what's happening yeah. until. Yeah, I think they develop pretty happens. quickly. Yeah, with all the mole people under there, I yeah. mean, it's just a whole tunnel. It's like a Swiss cheese. Right. The mole people love Florida for some reason. Right. <laughs> the mole people actually also touched the orb. I don't know what you guys want to do with that. But. I think yeah. the mole people probably control the orb. They just let the... Uh, That's right. The, Once you touch the orb, you become one. You become lord of the mole people. The, the, light, <laughs> the light dwellers are... <laughs> the daytimers. Right. right. The daywalkers. <laughs> the day glows. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if we're gonna talk about if we're gonna talk about conspiracy theories about you know other types of people, mole people or lizard people, uh, we've got to talk about Alex Jones, right? Because Alex oh. Jones, for one thing, Infowars just got White House press credentials, which uh, in principle I'm not against. I think that everybody ought to have. White House press credentials. I I'm still waiting better. for Liquid Flannel's press credentials. Uh, I sent yeah. off for them, uh, but you know, I still you haven't heard anything. Right? Yeah, I'm, any, I'm sure, they said I'm any sure day we're going to hear back. Um, Alex Jones had to apologize, finally, for something that he said on, on InfoWars to Chobani, the yogurt company. <laughs> they make a high-quality yogurt. no product placement there i'm just saying i believe his his beef with chobani was that they hired too many refugees yep he was mad about that they hire refugees their plant they're out in idaho and he connected that on their show with some sexual assault that had happened in that same town and they had nothing to do with each other, but he kept talking about, you know, look, look at this yoga company. They hire all these refugees, and like now people are getting sexually assaulted in Twin Falls, and they threatened to sue him. And finally, he actually made a retraction online. <laughs> it's it's all in the passive voice. It's kind of funny, you know. Certain statements were made on Infowars. Yeah. It's like, dude, you are Infowars. You Somebody said, like, made I said. Know. On InfoWars, yeah. these things that were patently untrue and inflammatory. Right. Well, I think he's claiming, like, demonic possession made him do it. You know right. what I mean? He's like, I can't be held responsible. Obama folks, sticked his demons folks, I, on me. I had, a, and, I had a big bowl of Texas chili. And, and I, I just lost track of what I was talking about with yogurt. Right. So, may have accidentally racially slurred someone. Sorry, demonic mama. possession. Not an actual demon in his head, but an actual demon in his, the control room in his basement, recording the studio, <laughs> just pressing <laughs> random buttons. Literally, Beelzebub. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize how similar the Alex Jones voice and the Beetlejuice voice were. Until oh my god. <laughs> I think if they do a Beetlejuice reboot, they should mm. they should get Alex like Jones in the character. Royalties. <laughs> or better yet, if you say Alex Jones three times, will he appear? No, that can't happen because we've said his name many times. So, but doesn't it have to be like all at once, oh, like yeah. Alex Jones, Alex Jones, Alex Jones. Right. <laughs> oh my God, Hera! What? Who's selling me? For someone with his body shape, I think the uh, vertical striped black and white suit is going to look really bad. I just imagine him crashing out of the wall like the Kool-Aid man. Stones. <laughs> it's Short the list. nootropics, gentlemen. Oh, man. Oh, Cernovich. Giving me the power to Kool-Aid man through walls. This is their plan, people. These are demons. 
Just like the Bible says, it's basically an intergalactic invasion. They're demons. They're freaking interdimensional invaders, okay? I'll just say it, make fun of me all you want on CNN or wherever, but everyone already innately knows this. Hillary Clinton is a goddamn demon. An all-time classic high note this week. It might be a first for Liquid Flannel, where the high note actually has about to do high. with getting high. <laughs> so. mm. Glass, you wanna you wanna intro this for us? Sure. The American Legion to Trump allow marijuana research for vets, which I am totally for because mm. first off, I don't know if anyone's ever been on any kind of anti anxiety meds or uh, uh, meds for depression or anything like that. Yeah. It's it's a very it's like using a sledgehammer for brain surgery. You're just you're going in there very bluntly. You're not right with a lot of uh, with a lot of side effects. Right, exactly. And I'm not saying that weed is the cure all to it all, but it, there's no side effects. Like you don't have the come down or the withdrawal from anti anxiety that can give you suicidal thoughts right. or anything like that. Right. right. I, I mean, a lot of those uh, psychiatric drugs, those are serious things. You can overdose on them. It's literally medically impossible to overdose. On marijuana. And going back to Chris Cornell and his un- unfortunate passing, it's come down that he may have overdosed on his psychiatric meds, which caused his oh, great. actions. So, I mean, that's just another reason to say. Right. But not to get all, you know, big pharmaceutical, but I feel that, like, big pharmaceutical is going to do everything in their power to prevent this because profits, baby. Right. Well, and, I mean, here the American Legion is just wanting there to be testing or wanting there to actually be you know an opportunity to see if that is something that'll work yeah it's a lot better they've got uh they requested the american legion has requested a white house meeting with jared kushner oh dude he's the best one he's probably the best person to meet you don't want to meet jeff sessions yeah Yeah, no kidding you got to meet with the kush bro <laughs> the Kush, dude. That'll be a really interesting test of Jared Kushner. The narrative is that he is this fairly sober, rational, possibly sociopathic, like businessman and decision maker. And he has been put in charge of tackling the opioid e- epidemic. Pain management and psychological issues are often treated by veterans with opioids. So if the Veterans Association is coming out and saying, like, look, we can we can save vet lives if we work on, like, medical marijuana for vets. I don't know. It, it'll be really interesting to see what he says about that. It'll be interesting to see if his position differs from Jeff Sessions, who just really doesn't see any kind of difference between those. Um, basically just hates hippies from when he was a, right. you know, yeah. like a young, a young Republican. Like Republican. Yeah. I also feel like the key to full legalization to it, too, if you can do it to vets and show it has some kind of progress, you can also use it for others who have PTSD, because I think sure. there's also mindset that only only veterans have PTSD, and that's that's not true at all. That's incorrect. That's false. Right. If you suffer a traumatic event, you can have PTSD, whether that's a bad right. car accident or something like that. Or living in a bad neighborhood in yeah, Chicago. No <laughs> Witnessing yeah. violence. Yeah, absolutely. You know, hopefully America still has a hard-on for the troops. They can kind of push it a little bit more that way to say that, you know, if we can get, get the help that the vets need. Well, and, I mean... Please push you, that hard-on that way. Oh, I will. <laughs> and when you consider Always. that medical marijuana has 
it's like 88% approval um, across the nation. Supplement that, multiply that by people loving vets and really wanting to, you know, have our vets taken care of. I think you're talking about like a slam dunk policy proposal. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. It'll be really interesting to see what they try to do with that. What if Jared Kushner teams up with with our man Bernie and says, Bernie, man, we need your help here. <laughs> how, how, what do I need to do? Yeah. I'm sure that's the last thing he would ever do. Right. But, the day before like, Trump gets impeached, well, they'll, first they'll, off, don't they'll be get, to get this going. Right. I, fe- I have a feeling that the Kush might be busy with some other projects. I like heard he's doing the Middle East peace. <laughs> yeah, I hear he's got to like avoid getting criminally charged. Yeah, I've heard he's about to be subpoenaed. I mean, that takes up a lot of time. We love the vets, but you know you got to take a back seat to Jared Kushner. You yeah, know, getting his uh, Chinese business visa money or whatever. I mean, Jared Kushner wore a flak jacket over his suit one time, which oh my god, I assume makes him <laughs> basically a, a combat veteran. Oh, he's like essentially a Navy SEAL at this point. <laughs> Dude, he's seen some things. I don't know the kind of things he's seen, but. I, I think you've seen like I, major sweat my heart goes under out his armpits him. after wearing a flak jacket over over a suit. Hey, that sweat was for the red, white, and blue, like Toby <laughs> Keith. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't even talk oh, about yeah. Toby Keith's Loot Fest, man. Oh, yeah, man. Put a loot in your ass tour, performing <laughs> right. at an all-male <laughs> concert <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. Right. But, yeah, I cannot believe that, he, that Trump brought Toby Keith to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia's like, here's a loot player. Like, this is part of our culture. And Trump's like, you know, I hear I brought a little bit of American culture. To yeah. <laughs> a little something we told Toby Keith. Yeah. Maybe you haven't heard of him. This is the well done T bone steak and ketchup version of your loot <laughs> <laughs> performance. Oh, I'm sure Toby Keith was overjoyed to go. It's just amazing that he brought him along as like an ambassador of American culture. Oh, and then only the men could attend the concert. The men could only attend. Most of Toby Keith's songs involve like whiskey and alcohol, which is not legal in Saudi Arabia. And that that whole song about like a woman driving a truck, like that that's not gonna fly in Saudi Arabia. There's like there's like only one song I could think of that he could do, and that's like I wish I was a cowboy, but. (laughs) <laughs> what, what does does the average Saudi know what a cowboy is? Oh yeah, right. Like I'm sure they're aware of the concept, but can they like visualize it? Can oh, they, they get CMT? It? They get it all. They got it. Yeah. <laughs> so he just played. I wish I want to be a cowboy for 45 minutes straight. I hope he performed just, it in air in perfect Arabic, just oh. over and over. Oh, and I'm over. sure. I'm sure he took the time and the care. It's a growing market. Yeah, I think a lot of these like minor princes in Saudi Arabia probably have a lot in common with the cowboys. You know, they live in a largely patriarchal and violent culture that uh, <laughs> subjugates their women and anybody who set out and make his own way. You you can do that in um, some pretty horrifying ways, but you know, like cowboy culture that makes sense. Yeah, they got camels. I mean, that's like it's the same. Right. So it's like a camel boy now? That that doesn't have the same ring to it. That's too many syllables. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, we, we're trending dangerously close to actual slurs against like Arabs, but... <laughs> We've been towing the line yeah. for a while. <laughs> That's a good point. Didn't even think about that. God damn you, Toby Keith. Look what you made me do. <laughs> see? It's the music. I blame the music. It's, you know? see, it's this yeah. damn country Tipper music. Tipper Gore was right. Liquid right. flannel was getting radicalized just by like news coming out of the Trump White House. 
self-radicalization circle it's crazy (laughs) this is how it happens yeah we better we better wrap this episode up before someone really gets dangerous here so (laughs) first of all we wanted to thank you nick for joining us again on the episode thank uh, you for having me i enjoyed being here it's great to actually be in the room when you're on the episode with me here as well so yeah the last time you weren't here it was kind of a bummer but we made do and thank you audience for listening and tuning in and as always you can uh, follow us on twitter at liquid underscore flannel and follow us individually you can find me at shaggy two trope brendan where can they find you i'm at brendan williams with one l and matt where are you at I'm at Matt the Great with W. Worship the Orb. And are you anywhere for the audience to follow? I am with? not. Sadly. Okay. Oh, it's all right, man. It's all right. One of these days, they're going to be. Uh, I have The demand is going to be too say. great. Just <laughs> Google Nick Lesman. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll find him. Well, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. <laughs>